the Astros also sent Jake Odorizzi to the Braves for uh, Will Smith. Um, uh, so that was a, uh, I guess, a pitcher for pitcher swap, a ra- that's, rare that's MLB. Controversial. That's a controversial move. I still think that he hasn't uh, properly made amends for slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Battery Mates. Uh, it is the trade deadline. We are recording this as the trade deadline is upon us. Um, and some very big news has happened recently that has shaken Washington, the entirety of Washington to its core. Um, I'm talking about the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And I, I think we're going to spend the entire episode on that. Oh, wait, hold on, I'm getting I'm getting word that that's not what Matthew is here to discuss. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So Matthew, you're here from, from you're here with us from England on a very special episode of Battery Mates, and and I I know you want to talk about something near and dear to your heart here, um, the trading of Juan Soto, which went down earlier today. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. That in theory, this is one of four topics we'll cover on this show. This might be the only topic we talk about. <laughs> it depends on how long Matthew wants to talk about it. Could be he maybe he wants to talk about it for ten seconds and be done. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how many people have have tuned in to listen to our analysis of the Mariners' new setup, but we can uh, <laughs> we can throw it out to the uh, throw it out to the to the listeners. I do want to talk about Rob Manfred at some point because that will be cathartic. But yeah, one so it was pretty big news. Yeah, we so we've been so to, to kind of let the listeners in here on we've been rescheduling this episode a few times, mostly because we didn't want to run this episode after a trade went down and be talking about the trade as if it hadn't happened. Uh, in fact, we weren't going to record this today unless Juan Soto was moved, um, which happened, you know, a handful of hours ago. So first blush reaction, Matthew, um, how are you feeling? Um, I, I wish I could hug you through the through the computer here. Um, yeah. I mean, I think top line, top line view, I spent a lot of time over the last few weeks as the rumors have been swirling and then the news that, w- that was leaked about the offer that was made to Soto for an extension that he turned down uh, um, and the, the trade rumors uh, built and built and built. I, I spent a lot of time sitting with that and persuading myself that, that was a, it was a good thing, that moving Juan Soto to rebuild the entirety of the organization in, in one go because it would be such a trade it would be such a blockbuster trade that that was the right thing for the organization it's better to have four or five really really good players than one great player i persuaded myself of that and then i saw the tweet today i think i saw john Heyman first i know they get a bit sensitive about who was first <laughs> i saw john i saw john Heyman first with the news and I immediately uh, wanted to die. Yeah. 
it was a horrible, horrible. You know, there's still an argument going on in my head about the balance. You know, who's won this trade? Uh, who are the prospects that we're bringing in? How quickly are they going to come through? How much are they going to help us? And I think there's a discussion to be had there. But I think it's worth separating that out from the immediate, how does this feel? Right. And it feels really, really shitty. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the... I, I think about this, and we, we've talked about this in the show a handful of times, because usually it's Cleveland trading away, uh, you know, beloved, uh, you know, generational talent. <laughs> Um, although the Nationals have, and, their, and the time we've been recording this show, the Nationals have lost their share of uh, incredible players, um, usually, th- you know, to free well, agency, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, literally, just since 2000, we've been recording the show since 2016. Yeah. Since 2018, the Nationals have lost Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, three and a half years and I'm I'm going to DC later this year. I just booked my flights. So it'll be after the baseball season um, ends, unless the Nationals somehow make the postseason. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it will be after the postseason. But this will be my first trip to DC since the World Series. I was at Game Five, oh Four, and <laughs> one of them. Well, we lost it anyway. Um, in in that time, we will have lost the entire roster from that from that game i mean not quite literally the entire roster but like all of the players that anyone will have heard of except for sean doolittle who has he's not as good as he used to be and he's on the 60 day il so (laughs) you know the team is gone the team is gone and i think you have to you know look at it in in a similar way to the way that the Marlins team was broken down. Yeah. I mean, it's been a little uh, slower, but this is a proper, proper breakdown of the team. And I think you have to call it a breakdown, not a rebuild. Um, but, you know, we, 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 we can get in. I, I want to talk about the trade and I want to talk about what the trade means for the organization. Like yeah. those two things, I think, need to be treated a little bit separately. So if you rewind a little bit to the why this is happening, because so like it's like six weeks ago, like uh, Rizzo is your GM uh, was like quoted yeah. as saying, "There's no way we're trading one Soto. Just you know, it's not happening." Yeah. And then uh, yeah. my understanding is a report leaked that he turned down a 15-year, 440 million dollar extension, which I think I think you can make the case that. I mean, the, the the some people did make the case that would be one of the biggest contracts, if not the biggest contract in history, biggest contract in history dollar wise, and would put Monsoto somewhere in like the twenty fifth highest average annual salary um, in baseball, which I could see his side, you know, namely Scott Boris, who is notorious for, you know, not letting his players. Um, compromise i could see that not being appealing um but whatever leaked there or how it leaked seems to have broken the dam um and the broken the relationship between the nationals and soto and it 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 felt like since that story broke about two weeks ago it feels like it was inevitable like i remember we were texting when it first the news story first broke and i was like there's just no way they can trade juan soto it's impossible there's no one there's no number there's there's no team that's going to give the quantity of talent 
equal to Juan Soto and and still try to compete. You know, it's it's the, it's yeah. the balance is impossible to reach. We, you know, Cleveland fans were obsessed as every team's fans were obsessed with trying to figure out how could we land Soto. And like every single time you put together a package and it's just like way too painful. Like why would we and we and for Cleveland we just know he's not going to sign here <laughs> in right. 3 years. So I, you know, it was more of a fantasy thing for for Cleveland fans. Um but that seems to be the backstory here and the, you know, as as people hearing this now will know if they haven't if they haven't heard it already, um, uh, the, the the Padres are the team that, that ponied up um, enough to to pry Juan Soto away, and it's unclear whether you know that that was just the best package that any team had assembled, and the Nationals were going to trade him for whatever they could get. Um, I think there's an argument to be made. This is a very like this is a bigger package than I've ever seen go anywhere um that's what she said <laughs> uh this hasn't broken you completely that's good um but you know there's something completely unprecedented about this and th- 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 to start with i don't think there i don't know when the last time we had a 23 year old who was almost certainly going to be a hall of famer right like m- maybe mike trout but he was older than that i think and oh i don't know actually but he, you know, Juan Soto. I, I don't know the last time we had a 23 year old who has been compared to Ted Williams daily for since he's been in the league, which has been four years, right? Um, that he's a very rare talent, top, maybe top hitter in baseball, top five player in baseball, hands down. Um, and it's just unprecedented that he would be moved at age 23 um, with two and a half years of control left. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So I think I think this, this is the thing you have to look at the you have to look at the deal in, in two different ways. Um, the, the the first one is, um, should you ever ever trade a twenty three year old with two and a half years of team control, uh, who is almost definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame and maybe like. Yeah, it's not. It's not impossible. He's like a first round, yeah, uh, inductee. Um, uh, he's he's as special as they come. Should you ever trade someone like that? And I think there's a there's there is a debate to be had about where the Nationals are at and how weak the organization is, and uh, what you get back. And you look at the the, the players. No one listens to this podcast for an analysis of prospects from a farm system of a team played in a division neither of us follow no one no one's here for that so we're not going to go through each of the individual uh, players but there are six of them uh, three of them are, are well, two and a half are MLB ready right now and we'll be playing within the next week well not in the next week one of them's on the IL but um they're ready they're ready they're ready for the show and they're going to be right in the team and that's and the other three and a half can you can you let's void Abrams and Mackenzie Gore yeah okay and uh you know for example um Luke Voigt Yep. Uh, currently is the OPS leader for the Washington Nationals organization. <laughs> <laughs> he was added to the trade like three hours after it broke. <laughs> he, he, he is he is the stand-in because Eric Hosmer 
refused to come and live in Washington, D.C. And he is our OPS leader for the organization. Um, yeah. That's partly because he's reasonable, but also partly because right. uh, a sign of how bad we are. But, you know, you don't have to go you don't have to go player by player to say we have picked up six you know, reasonable uh, baseball players three or four of whom are really quite exciting. There's there's three first round picks uh, out of these six. One of them is a second round pick. Um, this has moved the Washington Nationals farm system from 24th in the fan graphs uh, uh, rankings to eighth. Um, and uh, if you include McKenna starts, it's not, you're no longer a prospect, but if you include him as a prospect, it would move us to fifth. So you can you can make a case that this adds up to taking the Nationals from being absolute, you know, a team of absolute garbage and one so to a team <laughs> of uh, that can can be at least you know aiming for a five hundred winning uh you know an 80, an eighty three win uh, eighty two win season um much much quicker you can make that case but to make that case you have to ignore the fact that most people don't go to the to the ballpark to 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 see a, a team of reasonably good players make up a team like most people don't go to the ballpark for small ball most people don't go to the ballpark for uh uh on base pay, on base percentage People go to the ballpark to watch people like Juan Soto. Yeah. And we had him, and every single team in the country wanted him. And fans were fantasy <laughs> fantasy trading from their from their rosters. You were saying the Guardian uh, fan base was. Yeah. And um we've we've let him slip out of our out of our hands. And you know, you could you could make the case for the value, but you can't put there's no stats for how pissed the fans are. There's no stats for how hmm. dry and uninteresting the team is going to be for a year, year and a half. There's no stats for the number of people who are just not going to go to the game now because there's no there there. And there's no stats for how to get those people back again and how to get those people to get kids again and how to get the, the team interesting. I started following the Nationals. The first Nationals game I went to was in 2008. And there were like six thousand people in the stadium. They they right. they were really really bad. That was the that was the year that they were so bad they got Price Harper as a as a consolation prize uh, in in the draft. There's no stats for any of that, and so you can make the case that this um, thing stacks up in baseball numbers, but it doesn't stack. There's no way to make this trade stack up for fans. That's number one. Number two is a different way of looking at this, which is why has one sort of been traded? Now, you can look at that and say, well, we needed to reboost the farm system. I don't think, you know, and, and we have to some extent, the numbers are there, as I say. But I don't think that's really where most fans are at. And it's not really what I think either. I think that so has been um, shipped out because the Lerner family are not interested in rebuilding. They're interested in breaking down because they want to sell. Right. And because they want to clear the decks for the new owner, clearing money and also clearing the sh 
the bullshit of having to, you know no no one wants to buy the Washington Nationals and have the first thing they do to be to trade Juan Soto. They don't right. want to do that. The learners are doing that to take that off the off off the decks and and clean it up for a sale so that they can make more money. And I think that's the thing that is going to really rankle fans is not that Juan Soto is gone, but why he's gone so the learners can make a ton more money. Yeah. So I think um, this is super. It's it. This is just it, like I said. This is super unprecedented because so there's no like corollary here, and so any like you know. It, I think about my experiences as a Cleveland fan and trading, knowing knowing we were going to trade Frankie Lindor and having that hit like a, a gut punch when it happened, even though I've been prepared for it for months at that point. Um, and, and knowing that the, the return on any trade like that, even though you can look at the numbers and like add it all up and see what the value looks value looks like. And, you know, I, in Cleveland, we really trust our front office. And so we suspect that our front office is getting a, a deal that, is the right one. Um, and even academically knowing all that, it's really hard to, 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 to not feel betrayal from your, from a team that you've given nothing but love to, right? Like, and, uh, I saw some folks on Twitter today saying they weren't going to be renewing their season tickets. It might've been Mike Sager who, who said that. Um, and I don't blame, I don't blame him. I, I, I felt the same way when they traded Frankie. I, um, I very nearly canceled my season tickets as well, um, but I, I decided to I decided to keep it because I was uh, I knew that the name change was imminent. I didn't want to like make that didn't want to send mixed messages. <laughs> 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 but but you know and 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 the lot can change in a year plus year and a half uh, since we traded Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, another one of my favorites in the same trade, um, and it's and obviously. I think the the amount of talent in the national system now uh, could make the next several years a lot more fun than they were going to be um, because I don't think Soto and a bunch of middling players was going to get you anywhere. Um, now, we're going to find out years from now whether this was a good move or whether this was a great move right. or whether this was an awful move. Um, uh, but Mackenzie Gore, I mean, not to, not to try to cheer you up, but Mackenzie Gore, we faced him earlier this season. He looks legit. Um, I, I would be terrified of, of, of being in your division, um, and having to face him, you know, several times a year. I don't know anything about the hassle character. Um, CJ Abrams, I think he's having an okay year, but he's, he's like 21, right? Um, yeah. Voight is solid. I don't see him be any different. He's not different than Josh Bell. I don't really understand that, that swap. Um, any, th- who am I, who am I missing here? I, I don't really, I can't, uh, there's there was another player who I saw was like the Nationals demanded him. He's a lower level prospect, and the Nationals demanded he be included. Yeah, it's Susana, I think is how you pronounce. That wasn't that wasn't the name I saw. It was the the like the two. Anyway, I I think that you, uh, I think you got it. The Nationals, if they're gonna make a trade like this, they have to get it right. They can't afford to lose, uh, miss on a trade like this. Otherwise, you're gonna be bad for a long, long time. Um, but, uh, I mean, the other flip side of this, Matthew, is like the Padres just can't stop trading anybody like they trading for people like their entire roster is made up of people, blockbuster trade recipients. Like they, you know, their entire rotation right now is Musgrove, Darvish, yeah. Snell, Clevenger, Sean Manaya are all came in blockbuster trades in the last like three seasons, two seasons. I mean, obviously 
they Tatis. just they just picked they they just picked up Josh Josh Hader and Josh Hader in the bullpen. Yeah, I I, I assumed that that was going to be like a well, okay, they they won't have enough left to to come to come to us. But I mean, they they just traded us their one, three, and four uh, prospects. Um, so they are they are they are feeling pretty win now, and I wonder if that's um, you know they're, they're they're focused on the fact that there's an extra wild card. They know that they they're a much safer postseason uh, ticket now with the additional wild card, despite uh, their division. So good for them. I mean, look, honestly, if one sort of had to go somewhere, Padres is pretty high on the list of of teams. I'm happy for him to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's, first of all, I mean, I I I text a little bit with uh, Battery Mates um, listener Jeff G, um, who uh, basically was like, "Bring it on," you know. But I can't I can't imagine being a Dodgers fan and feeling good about this. The top of their lineup for the rest of the the year, assuming Tatis comes back, is going to be what? I mean, who even bats leadoff on that team? I mean, Tatis, Machado, Soto, Matisse. Tatis Soto Machado, like holy crap! <laughs> um, it's that I mean, and that's the rotation is loaded. I don't understand how they're not. I mean, I don't. I'm not actually don't know where they are in the division. <laughs> how are they doing? <laughs> are they? Are they? I mean, they got to have a playoff spot, right? Yeah, they will be in the. They will be in the in the playoffs. I mean, the thing that the thing that hurt for me, I was listening to the John Boy uh, podcast. Uh, reaction to Soto <sighs> hoping that they would talk through in some detail what it meant for the Nationals and they don't give two shits what it means for the Nationals <laughs> they were talking about the Padres and I think that that was a real wake-up call for me that you know then like I said I started rooting for the Nationals in 2008 but I, I started going and became being really really obsessed from like 2012 onwards and we um we had a winning record in in almost every single year, and we were in the postseason five times in that run, and we mattered. and And now we're kind of like we're kind of like the Orioles now. <laughs> we just don't matter. We are not interesting. We are the uh, we are the providers of this trade, and the yeah. the Padres are the yeah yeah. It's and it's super tough because I mean, look. <laughs> Cleveland fans can tell you they've been here a lot. Um, uh, it always feels like the big names leave us and 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 go somewhere else when we get uh, you know an interesting hall of prospects back. Um, nothing like this, of course. I will say one thing. I want to know how this lands with you. I've seen a lot of P- Cleveland fans say like, you know, in reaction to the complete teardown of this that the core of that team that, that won a world championship less than three years ago, two and a half years ago, yeah. they won a World Series. Yeah. Uh, and they're all all the, the core players are all gone except for Strasburg, right? I, um, who's hurt? I assume, right? Um, uh, yeah, I didn't even. He doesn't even count anymore. He was so good in that world that 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 run up to the World Series, though. But it, it, oh, he was the he was he was the World Series MVP. Yeah, he, he's a, he's incredible, but he is broken. <laughs> he's, he's he has made he has made one start this season. Yeah, and he is back on he's on the sixty day IL again. But so how does this land with you? How does the, a lot of Cleveland fans were like, yeah, but they won the championship and that's, that's all the flags fly forever. You know, pennants fly forever. You know, that winning that championship is something that 
you know, we've gone through several cycles of this and we've never been able to say, oh yeah, but at least we have that World Series championship. <laughs> not, not in a hundred, or not in uh, whatever, uh, I can't even do the math anymore. It's been that long. It's that high. Uh, 84 years since Cleveland has won a World Series. So, you know, there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd tear it all down. If I knew I had to tear it all down, I, but I could win the World Series this year, I'd do it. Um, I don't know. It's. I think it's just yeah. Weird. I no. I see. What, I see what you're saying. I think the thing for me is, I don't. I had no problem trade to uh, Max Scherzer trade last season. I thought that was a good move. I, I applauded it. I think that a rebuild is a good idea, but there's a difference between a rebuild and a teardown. And last season felt yeah. like we were making moves to re- rebuild the team. This feels. It feels a bit more like the the reason it's happening is the learner's bank balance, and that really sours the whole thing. Um, if we trusted the ownership and felt like we were all on the same page about what was trying to happen, I think this exact same deal feels really, really different. But um, I think this is about their money not about our team. Yeah. I, I it's I think it, it it's that's certainly the biggest part of this, right? Like there's no debating that, right? And it's a question of whether in a couple of years we'll look back and go like, okay, well, at least we got all these amazing players back and we're already competing again. Um I think sure. you'll feel differently then, but but even somebody put it this way like, let's say the best case scenario plays out for all these or Best case scenario plays out for most of these players. Um, none of them's Juan Soto, not one of them. The best case of Mackenzie Gore is yep. pretty damn good. Not Hall, of, not first battle Hall of Famer good. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, who knows? No. I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to shit on Mackenzie Gore. I think he might be a nice guy. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like he's he, so far <laughs> what we've seen, he could be really freaking good, an all star, potential. You know top of the rotation guy for years to come he's not uh he's no nobody is Juan Soto that's the thing uh and that's what makes this so yeah. fucking awful anyway should we take a quick word from our sponsor let's do it this episode of battery mates is brought to you by zip recruiter america's number one hiring site are you looking for a new job are you an employer who needs to fill a position or two are you a 23 year old are you a 23 year old future hall of famer who has an agent that won't let you give a hometown discount are you a professional sports team that could use MVP caliber production from a player who regularly gets compared to Ted Williams for the next two plus years? Then ZipRecruiter might be the solution for you. With a personal recruiter, you'll get matched to roles that are the right fit for you and the candidates that are right for your needs. Head to ZipRecruiter.com and use the offer code 500 million or bust for 10% off your first blockbuster trade. Oh, too soon. <laughs> yeah, it's weird these come in. Um, I mean, this 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 one came in months ago. You know, this just finally got filed for this episode. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, ZipRecruiter. I mean, good people. I, I mean, uh, just it's been pleasant working with them. Um, you know, the negotiations were. You know what? I, I have to say, they sent an edible arrangement to get to, to lock this down, and I'm told, <laughs> I'm told. That's what uh, that's what the Padres did to get to land Juan Soto, to put him <laughs> over the edge. Um, anyway, I tell you, I tell you something about Zip. 
I'd say something about ZipRecruiter is um, after an all-star game, they don't make you fly. Uh, <laughs> uh, they don't make you fly coach to get home. They they lay on a charter. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, let's touch, let's touch quickly on the, what else is happening at the trade deadline. I'm I'm uh, I know nothing really uh, nothing else really matters to you, um, <laughs> uh, but to our listeners, perhaps some people care a little bit about other teams. I think the big thing outside of the, what the Padres are doing, which is, is Padres are just pure chaos. I, I will say, if we look back and they haven't won anything after all these crazy trades, yeah, what the hell <laughs> happened there? Yeah. AJ Preller might be addicted to trading. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he realizes that these are people's lives. Anyway, okay. Um, the Mariners uh, were the first to kind of break out of this, uh, break the the, the hot stove, uh, and make uh, make a move. Um, they unloaded four of their prospects and two top one hundred prospects to the car uh, to the Cubs for Luis Castillo, um, who was probably the best pitcher moved at the deadline. So far, <laughs> I mean, uh, barring a big move in the next hour here, um, we're not even less than an hour until the deadline here. Um, the as you mentioned, the Padres got Josh Hader. They just apparently went out and got Brandon Drury from the from the the Reds. Yeah, the Reds. Um, the Yankees are big players in this deadline. They did not get Juan Soto, um, but they got Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino from the A's. Now they have two relievers named Trevino and Trivino. Um, which should be fun for all the announcers in New York. Um, they also got Anthony uh, Andrew Benatendi from from the Royals, um, who was unvaxxed when he went when the Royals played in uh, Toronto, couldn't play. And it, there were all the reports I've seen, I haven't seen this confirmed yet, but is that he is willing to get vaccinated uh, if it, for, for the cause. Um, which, <laughs> which I, I think that kind of says everything you need to know about how deeply held these positions are about not getting vaccinated. Um, <laughs> personal beliefs and all. Um, and then they also got a Cubs side armor for, for some low-level prospects. The Yankees have gotten uh, pretty better, and they're maybe the best team in baseball, uh, and they haven't traded a top-four prospect, um, which is kind of just lame. I hate that. Uh the Astros have made some big moves. They got Trey Mancini from the Orioles, um, which I think is a real bummer for Orioles fans. He's I know oh, Trey Mancini, such a huge player. That's a there. Kick. Yeah, I mean, especially as they are basically contenders. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, they played themselves into contention and they just traded the team away. Yeah, it seems weird to trade Trey Mancini. I mean, I know he was a he's a he's a rental, right? And so you gotta, I guess, right. cash in on that. And I think the the Orioles front office probably looked at you know, looked under the hood and said, ah, I'm not sure we're going to actually <laughs> get anywhere. I mean, they could easily, much more easily finish in last place in the AL East than, than land in a wild card spot. Um, Cause they also traded their closer to the twins. <laughs> so, uh, although I did see that the closers kind of had a rough July. And so maybe this is one of those moves where like the Mariners traded Kendall Graveman last year and the, the all the Mariners fans. And I think Mariners players were pissed because they thought they had a chance to compete. And then, um, Graveman just had a terrible second half uh, for the Astros, um, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if that helps the Twins or not. In the, the corresponding move, uh, it was a three-way trade that the Astros and the Orioles they worked with the Rays. The Astros sent Jose Siri to um, the Astros, and apologies to everybody listening on a, an actual speaker 
that just activated all your phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, Jose redacted last name, uh, joined the, uh, joined the Rays. And the corresponding move is they let Brett Phillips go. The Rays like fan darling and playoff hero was like DFA'd. Um, and he released this like video that was like, you know, you know, no hard feelings. Love you guys. Love the Rays. Keep going. You know, go Rays. That kind of thing. After afterwards, and I was <laughs> it made me really sad and happy at the same time. He seems like a lovely human being. I don't want to know what his stance on vaccines are. Um, <laughs> the Astros also sent Jake Odorizzi to the Braves for uh, Will Smith. Um, uh, so that was a, a, I guess, a pitcher for pitcher swap. A, ra- a rare MLB controversial. It's a controversial move. I still think that he hasn't. Uh, properly made amends for slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> How did I forget about that? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, isn't, there's another Will Smith uh, on the Dodgers, right? The, the catcher? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Funny. Um, yeah and there's some other trade. I mean, I don't know. Who cares about these other trades? It really. Oh, oh, the other one that uh Joey got, Gallo got traded to the Dodgers and that's not really a big move cuz he's been pretty bad for the Yankees this season. But I saw some excerpts from a Q&A with him this morning before the trade got announced and like the, he's like talking to a reporter and he goes, "I don't go out in the streets in New York." And the reporter goes, "Oh, that's sad." And he goes, "Gallo, yeah, I really don't want to show my face too much around here." question do you think yankees fans were too tough on you gallo i don't know how they usually are but i don't know how much tougher they can get pretty much every team we play players from that team reached out to me to say hey bro keep your head up don't listen to them (laughs) question who are some of the players that approached you i don't want to say names kansas city guys reached out to me over the weekend a bunch of guys it makes me feel like a piece of shit honestly I remember playing here with the Rangers, watching guys get booed off the field and thinking, holy shit, I feel bad for that guy. Now it's me. I do appreciate people reaching out, but it makes me feel like I'm a problem. <laughs> Quote, I'm actually really going to miss this team, miss these guys. It's going to be really tough to leave these guys. We've had a lot of fun. We're a really close group, but moving on is part of the business. I'm ready. <laughs> and this is before any trade got announced. This is from yesterday, I think. That's it's- I've never seen a player that honest before they've been traded before. Um, and it just seems like he's had a real miserable time. <laughs> yeah, that's so tough. That's oh. so tough. Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, we're, and nothing, no breaking news. Oh, wait. Oh, Cleveland has made a trade. Uh, we have traded. And this is not a joke. <laughs> this is not a joke. This is breaking news, Matthew. We have traded. Uh, hold on. Uh, hold on. Uh, where is it? Hold on. This is not a bit. Where'd it go? Uh the Guardians have acquired Ian Hamilton, a right-handed pitcher from the Twins, I think the Twins double-A AA or triple-A system, for backup catcher, minor league backup catcher, Sandy Leon, um, in a rare interdivisional trade. Uh, <laughs> not the blockbuster, not quite on the level of a Juan Soto trade. Um, and is, that, is, that Sandy, is that Sandy Leon who used to be at the Red Sox? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same, same guy. He 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 had he had a he had a season at the Nationals as well. He's I think he's bounced around quite a bit. Um, he's a professional oh, yeah. catcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he so the just for people who are following the Guardians and all that, um, the Guardians fan, uh, the the hardcore fans uh, seem to be. I mean, granted, there's still a half an hour left trade deadline. Who knows what could happen? But a lot of people seem to be pretty upset. 
pretty disappointed that nothing big has happened. Um, uh, it's been, <laughs> they've been rumored to be in the mix for a catcher. Um, nothing has transpired yet. Although it is interesting. They just moved their minor league backup catcher. I would, I would submit. Um, uh, and you know, other thing that's oh, interesting oh. is that Wilson Contreras has not been traded. Um, and the Cubs have basically trotted him out. Like he's basically faced the public for the last two weeks as like a dead man in Chicago. Like the Cubs gave him like seven different standing ovations, like Cubs fans did. Um, like because he was certainly going to be traded, and he has yet to move. With 33 minutes left in the trade deadline, so who knows? He, he's he's in, he's in the starting lineup for the Cubs tonight. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. He could get traded while he's on the field. That would be that would be kind of awesome. Right. Oh man. Um, we we are not going to have time to talk about Rob Manfred tonight, yeah. but we are going to have a special standalone episode on Rob Manfred because it seems increasingly likely, right, that Rob Manfred is going to have to appear at congressional hearings about minor league players, which is in the literal sweet spot of <laughs> battery mates. So we will we will uh, have a special episode specifically talking about that. I'm hoping that we're going to have a um, a special correspondent appearance by our Hill correspondent to be named later, uh, <laughs> who he who is going to who is going to join us and explain uh, uh, what the hearings are all about and how they could go disastrously and hilariously wrong for Rob Manfred. Yeah, it should be like um, the Benghazi hearings for Hillary Clinton. That's what it should feel like for for Rob <laughs> Manfred. Um, except. I'm sure he, they won't make him sit up there for 13 hours or whatever they made her do. Um, but, uh, yeah, we should def- we should definitely uh, have a correspondent there and a live episode uh, or, like, an, an instant reaction episode um, to that, that moment. Um, let's hope it's glorious. But uh, I guess, yeah, for now, I mean, the only other thing I wanted to mention um, is that there was a pretty big update on the Muddy Ball situation. Um, <laughs> New York Times had a big feature on... Uh, Jim Bantliff, uh, who is the guy who is responsible, the only man in the world who knows where the secret mud comes from, the baseball mud, the Lena Blackburn mud. Um, he gets it. Literally you know, the only person. He's the only one who knows. He was passed down to him from his parents who got it from their parents who got it from the guy who discovered it, Lena Blackburn, um, who was a former player. Um and, you know, it's from a secret location on Riverbank in New Jersey, um, which I believe is also the tagline of Dr. Oz's Senate campaign um, from a secret location on a Riverbank <laughs> in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's responsible for all of it, Jim Bantliff. Um, and I, I looked into it. You can get a little tub of it for 25 bucks. Anybody could. Uh, you know, so if you need any, you know, mud- and if you do buy one, you need to know, and this is in the article, so you can go read it, But and I recommend it, because uh, don't take it from me. But uh, you, what you do is you, you, a splash of wa- water is poured into the jar of Lena Blackburn mud. The hands of an unknown clubby dips three fingertips lightly into the mud, <laughs> then selects a virgin ball from a box of a dozen. No. For the next no. 36 seconds, the, hand, the hands rub, roll, and massage working the mud into the grain and along the seams before plopping the now off-white ball back in the box. That is from the New York Times, my friend. 
That sounds like it's from the description of a Pornhub film. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Rob Manford's <laughs> OnlyFans. Uh... <laughs> oh, God. That's so Good bad. Grief. Wait, I mean, who, grief whoever that... wrote that? <laughs> I mean, one of us was probably unexpected. wrote that. Yeah. <clears throat> That was unexpected. <laughs> well, uh, I had to do something <laughs> to cheer you up on a day like today. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, that, that just sounds like a very, very convoluted, expensive way of saying, go shag those balls. Shag them. Three fingertips into the mud. <laughs> 